Hello and welcome to the Building Your Path podcast. This podcast records the stories of those who have achieved their own form of success in their respective fields. Today we have Dr. Edmond Vartani, a physician in the Permanente Medical Group. Please enjoy. So, um, who are you and what is your personal definition of success? So, I'm Edmond Vartani. Um, I'm a physician currently with the Permanente Medical Group. Uh, the definition of success in my life has been a moving target because um, you know you you have a vision of what you want to achieve but when you achieve that you have another goal and another goal uh, so I've never been stuck on a single definition of success it's just to be able to achieve your goals and improve on them and improve yourself and do something for people around you that makes everything a little bit better. So to overall make the world a better place while also accomplishing your goal. Correct. And so um, you're a physician and so this probably is you deal with a lot of schooling. So let's go back to your high school. How was your high school like? Um, my well my life essentially kind of turned a little bit upside down when I was in fifth grade because uh, I was growing up as a um, Christian mixed Armenian Persian in Iran and that's where the Islamic Revolution happened so up to the fifth grade my life was very good but after that you come to realize all these differences and all this other stuff that happens in your life so my middle school years were actually pretty rough uh, I wasn't uh, very good at studying, the motivation wasn't there. And as I entered high school, uh, there was a cultural revolution in our country and the universities were closed. So having a goal for higher education at that point didn't make a whole lot of sense. But as I entered uh, 10th grade, uh, this gradually started to change. Universities started opening up back again and so I kind of started to see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel if you will so that's when I actually gradually started to get myself together study better focus more on you know my grades my studying um, and kind of kept improving myself towards the end of high school so if you look at my high school um, GPAs from year one to year four you'll see a dramatic uh, progression towards improving myself. And so, um, what really got you motivated? Uh, so initially I wasn't even into medicine. I was more into electronics and architecture. Uh, around 9th and 10th grade, uh, my older brother actually had left the country. Uh, but uh, me being a little bit more mature for my age, I was hanging out with my brother's friends and a few of them had already made it to medical school and that's where kind of triggered my interest before that all i knew about medicine was i had an uncle who was a surgeon and i kind of could see him being called out to duty during pretty much all family events so that was my definition of medicine at that point but as i as time went on and i hung out with my brother friends i kind of came to realize that you know this is something that I might be interested in. And so as you became, as you talked with the, your brother's friends, you became more interested in medicine, you got more motivated from this? Right, right. So somehow, ironically, 
even though based on my interest, my major in high school should have been maths and physics. We have two major preferences in high school in our system. It's either maths and physics or biology. Uh, but for some completely different reason, it was my friends that were mostly going to biology and they were part of the basketball team. I actually decided to go to biology as a major and study the maths and physics during my summer free time. But then this kind of became a blessing in disguise because when I was taking the university entrance exam at the end of the high school, I was very well prepped to take the biology test, which would essentially get you to med school if you did well. And I was also very good at maths and physics. So uh, that helped a lot. And so it's very difficult. So you studied not only in your school year, but also in the summer year? Right. I, I was, I think I was lucky because I wouldn't spend much time on studying. So I either was very efficient or was a good taste taker. At the end of the summer, there's a redo for kids who have failed their subject. And so I, I could take the maths and physics subject at the end of the summer and I passed them with pretty decent grades. So I got essentially qualified for both diplomas at the end of my high school years. It wasn't as tough as you think because I still spend a lot of time during summers, you know, doing sports, hanging out with my friends. So I think the key there was efficiency. And so you talked about your, this basketball team. Were you a part of it? Yes, we, I was, um, that was the part of the middle school that, you know, you kind of don't want to talk to it to, about it much. But yeah, that, that essentially, I would show up to school early to play basketball and I'll stay late after school to play basketball. And that's all pretty much what we did was play basketball in middle school. And as it went with high school, I was, I think, the only kid in the basketball. I wasn't the only one, but I was one of the better ones in the basketball team because I kept studying and playing basketball at the same time. It was pretty nice that so you found a way to balance your passion for basketball and also your studies. Right, right. During the final season, those early mornings uh, switched from playing basketball to the studying with the other kids that were much better than me in school. So. Wow, alright. So with do you believe you benefited a lot from making that switch from going from like sacrificing basketball to studying with these kids? Like how is the Absolutely. I, I owe um, I owe a lot of my, you know, academic uh, success to a lot of the kids who were in my high school. They were very motivated and driven to study and they helped me through because I wasn't uh, very focused. So I would really try to learn from them how to study, what to study, and how to go about it, to be able to do both all the other stuff that I wanted to do, but also excel in my academics. So you would, um, you were self-motivated. You had to teach yourself to be motivated, correct? And how you teach yourself how to study. Well, there was parental pressure too. My brother, you got to realize, was always the best student in the class. And I was succeeding him by four years, but pretty much all teachers knew him. So every class I went, the bar was already set very high for me. In middle school, that was very annoying because I was com the complete opposite. The bar for me, in my mind, was extremely low. Just passing 
was pretty good. But as this went on, I tried to kind of reach that bar and, you know, get myself there. So um, then after you took your exams, as you said, for math, science and for biology, um, then so did you go to med school in Iran or? Right. Med school there, you enter directly from high school. It's a, a one-time test and they don't look at your GPA or anything else. If you do that well in that test, there's a ranking system. And if you are on the top like 180 at my year, you will get into the first medical school and so on and so forth. So actually I ranked pretty high, uh, even though one of the subjects was religion and you know, we being Christian, the test was designed that we don't do well on that test, but I was still pretty lucky I was able to get into the number one medical school there. It's a six and a half to seven year program. So it's relatively more efficient than most other countries. And when you finish that program, you're a general practitioner. You've done a year and a half of rotating internship, so you could do pretty much most basic medical, you know, care from child delivery to urgent care to pediatrics to minor surgeries and stuff like that. So you didn't even really apply. You just you would just you took a test, and the depending on your ranking of that test, you are right. immediate, and you were immediately entered into that school. Right. You 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 do list your preferences so if if one wanted to go to dental school that would be their higher choice but it was kind of standard rundown of what your options were you already had the ranking when you would select your 12 uh, number one to 12 choices so everybody had the general idea of where their land the only kind of um, problem there was the education system has a, I don't know if they still have it or no, they had a background check to make sure your value system is not completely against the government. So that was another hurdle you had to pass to get in. Do you believe that that system is better than the one here in uh, America? I have mixed feelings about that. Having a daughter now that's kind of fighting the same system in U.S., trying to, you know, she's already gotten her bachelor's, doing MCATs, pre-med, trying to go to med school. In this system, I feel that there's a lot of time spent doing pre-med where you're not even sure you're going to be a physician or a dentist or a pharmacist or just a biology teacher. On the flip side of the coin, when I decided to go to med school, I was like 17 and a half. So I'm not sure uh, if that's a good age to make a lifelong commitment to a career and a profession. And so uh, you said it takes around six to seven years in Iran. How long right. does it take this year with pre-med and everything wrapped up together? In U.S., if you're very efficient, four years of pre-med and then four years of med school adds up to eight years. Nowadays, a lot of the students in here do a gap year to do their MCAT, do their extracurriculars, whether it's volunteering or whatever else they want to do, research to, you know, buff up their application. So at least nine years. And even then, bear in mind, after the seven years in Iran, I already had a license to practice medicine. In the U.S., you just have an MD or a DO if you went to the osteopathic path but you don't have a license to practice. You have to do another year of internship. So add that one year to the whole program. And um, how are the costs like, like comparatively to from Iran to America? So medic the good med schools there um, 
are sponsored by the government, so they're completely free. The only cost you have is books, which actually were subsidized by the government, and your own housing. I was living with my parents, so I was also blessed there. The only kink at that time was because there was a shortage of physician, you had to work back for the government in able to be able to get your degree back. So I had to do six years of social service for the government. You get paid a salary when you're doing that, so it's not completely free labor. But um, I also felt that these are years of my life that could have been spent on furthering my education rather than just working. And were you under any uh, parental pressures to really go into pre-med or did they just want you to succeed? No, um, you know, I guess it helped that I was not doing well in medical school, that my, my dad particularly had very low expectations of me and there was no pressure there. The only pressure, my dad one day sat me down and said, kid, you got to finish high school. That's how poorly things were going. So at that point, uh, all I wanted to do is I, you know, as I became older, older, and I kind of I think you mature earlier, living through Revolution and War, uh, entering high school, I realized that when I finish high school, I'm going to be on my own. So that's why I decided to get it together. And so, after your, you said you did six years of uh, six and a half, yeah, six and a half years. Oh, six years of social service, yeah. Social Sorry. service, yeah. yes. Um, then um, what happened after that? Because um, obviously, you know, you aren't living in Iran anymore. Right. So this goes back to the revolution years that uh, we'd been on vacation to London for three weeks. And I really loved life outside Iran. And I, that, at that age, I decided that I, want, I would want to leave the country. After my med school, I had the option of studying specialty medicine back in Iran versus doing social services and get my degree and get out of there. So I already had a plan. I, I said no to the specialty training in Iran. I went and did my social service. And during that, I studied for the U.S. boards and was able to go to Turkey and take my U.S. board. So after six, seven years, when I came to U.S., um, I was well prepared to enter a training program in here. What was the transition like from going from Iran to America, like in terms of uh, cultural and everything like that was it a shock for you it was a shock as much as you think you're prepared by you know learning the language I studied all my textbooks during med school in English and you also watch a lot of movies and talk to a lot of friends uh, and family that you know are back and forth between US and Iran and even my parents being a US citizen they've been to US but when you just land in an airport in here, it's, it's overwhelming. Uh, the biggest problem is you suddenly realize that you're nobody. Uh, you're just a nobody landed in US and the first reaction, the first temptation is to go back to your own country because you were somebody there. So you felt like that by coming here, you lost your identity. You, you lose everything. You lose your job. You, you know, you lose your house, apartment. We had an apartment. Had, life was good, actually, when we left. We had some political and cultural pressure, but life was good. Logically, I knew that if I stayed here and continued, my life could potentially be better. Uh, but when you come here with minimal amount of money in your pocket and you don't have that many resources, and at that time I was already married with a two-year-old child, uh, it's really a 
difficult uh, challenge to convince yourself that you got to stay and put up with this um, you know undecided situation until you kind of settle so during your school services you got married you had a child and so even before you settled down you decided to come to then America right right and so then um, when you got here uh, how was the switch regarding your career regarding the getting licensed in America to practice medicine so you have to do training again and the difficulty is to get a training position essentially mm, the most difficult part is just to get a foot in the door. And I came here with, on a student visa. And so you're essentially competing with um, very smart people that are younger than you. They're US grads and US citizens. And now you're looking for a training position to take you. So you gotta convince them that if, if you're not better than the other people, you're at least as good as the other people they're interviewing. So that was a challenge and um, the first year I got here I essentially lost a year because I kind of we were stuck for our security clearance for the visa so the application year was almost over so I had only one interview and even during the interview they told me they've already selected whoever they wanted they told me you're a good candidate apply next year so I had a year of gap that I had to decide what I'm going to do and that was financially very difficult. Uh, I started working on campus where my student visa was from, but you know, I eventually interviewed next year. I applied very aggressively. That first year of waiting actually helped me kind of learn the culture in this country and how things are done. So I applied very aggressively. I interviewed very aggressively and I got a pretty good program. And um, I don't believe you mentioned this. Where did you land? Where did you come to in America? Uh, the first uh, airport we landed was El Paso and then there was a flight to LAX and that's it. And so you've been in Los Angeles for the majority of the time? Uh, no, we stayed, uh, well, when, for the first year that I was applying, we lived in LA, but then my position was in Connecticut, so we moved to Connecticut. So for, so you came from, came from El Paso, Texas to then uh, LAX? from then uh, LAX to Connecticut and throughout this whole time you're still on the student visa. Right. When I started training in Connecticut, they changed you to a trainee visa that gives you kind of permit to work as an intern or a resident. And my wife and daughter joined me there and, you know, the rest is history. Kinda. Really? So from Texas then, how did you come back to LA? Oh, El Paso, we just bought the first, we went to a ticket counter. At that time, there was no internet or internet wasn't as rampant. There was no smartphones or something. So I just went, uh, uh, the guy who dropped me off at the El Paso uh, airport told, told us your best bet is Southwest. So we went just to a Southwest um, uh, ticketing booth and asked the lady for the first flight to LAX. Believe it or not, the price wasn't actually bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your your job here, um, how long did it take you to become, I guess, uh, to get to the position you are today? Right. So after I finished my training in 2006 in Connecticut, we came back to Orange County. I jo joined a private group. I worked with them for more than three years, but um, I, I decided that joining Permanente Medical Group and working for Kaiser is better for me, both as far as location and also other stuff that I wanted to do with my 
training. So then in 2009, I joined uh, the Permanente Medical Group. And so uh, how have you enjoyed your uh, position, I guess? What are maybe some uh, benefits or maybe detriments of working in the medical field? Well, it's a very well-respected field, um, but it's also intense. You've got to work hard. So you've got to be willing to sacrifice a lot of, you know, weekends, nights, whatnot, uh, and work. But uh, uh, the way I look at it, I really enjoy what I do. So that extra hours of work has never bothered me. Uh, but if someone doesn't like the field, uh, I wouldn't advise joining the field because um, there are times now it might be better, but 80 hours to 100 hours per week work is sometimes expected. Uh, so when you came into this medical group and you did all these things then, did you decide to establish your life here on the West Coast or like what, what was your philosophy in essentially where to locate yourself? Yeah, that actually was mostly driven by family because most of our extended, fa extended family were in California. So it almost felt like the choice was made for us. Um, there are shortcomings when you come to California. It's generally more expensive, more competitive. Uh, the job opportunities are all, not always all that great, but then for us it was a good compromise because we get to be closer to our family and friends in LA, so that was a good deal for us. And so when making these big decisions in life, what typically tends to be your mentality? What, do you have a specific guideline that you tend to follow? It's tough. You, you try, I've tried everything. Sometimes you try to listen to your heart. I, I used to do a lot of pro-con lists, uh, but then the problem with the pro-con list, there are certain items on that list that carry more weight than the other stuff. Uh, one of those situations was when I was leaving the private practice to join the permanent medical group. Uh, the list of pro-cons went on forever and I couldn't decide, so I had to call a few of my friends. And they were the ones who pointed out, like, one of the big cons in my private practice was my quality of life was very poor because we were constantly on call. And my friend pointed out that, you know, that quality of life issue, you put it as one item, but it's a really, really big item on our list. So doing a pro-con list kind of helps, but you also got to look at the other situations. In my case, I, I had a family, so I couldn't completely ignore their wishes. So when, um, you know, packing up from Orange County and moving back to Connecticut, where I had much better job offers, wasn't really a choice. So that even didn't even make it to the list of possibilities. But for someone else, that might be a very viable option. So that, that changes your decisions. When you were choosing, um, so, Let's take it back to when you were choosing even your career to even go down there, your pre-med uh, right. I guess it wasn't even pre-med, it was right. just a medical High path. school, yeah. Um, what was then your mentality? Did you have a pro-con list there? Or? Well, I went into med school with the idea that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. At that time, I was very much into auto mechanics and fixing cars, and I felt that is the closest thing that it gets to be to, you know, the orthopedic surgeon is very close to being an auto mechanic. He worked with drills, nails, screws. So all good. Things change. Things change drastically as you go through schooling. I kind of realized that 
orthopedic surgery as competitive as it is, and I'm sure the people who do it enjoy it. For me, as far as the cerebral part part of the specialty is, but it wasn't gratifying at all. So, and then the other, there was the expectation that since my uncle was a general surgeon, I should do surgery because that was also seen, at least in my culture, as a specialty that makes lives change. But then I didn't really gravitate into to that specialty either. I became more interested in just the bread and butter of medicine, which is internal medicine. But then as I came to US and I did my internal medicine training, I realized that I really enjoyed taking care of sicker people, which were the ICU population, the intensive care unit. So I wanted to become an intensivist. And with that came pulmonary medicine because they blend together. And somehow the program I got in had the option of also training in sleep medicine, which is completely different from the intensive care unit. But that was an option and I kind of decided to do that too. So as you see, it's an evolving process. And I, that I, I would, my advice to anybody going, going into any field would be to keep an open mind, even though like, let's say you're trying to apply to a school that has research in a specific field that you think you're interested in, and let's say you don't get in, don't be discouraged because for all we know, that school you get in might have another strong research program that would actually be very interesting for you. And so you bring this idea of the open mind and you said you wanted to go from uh, becoming a, maybe an auto mechanic and then finally you ended up being a physician. Right. And so uh, where do you believe that open mindedness like really benefits you? You know, actually, I see a lot of similarities between my field and auto mechanics. You still have to troubleshoot the system. You know, it's just that the system is different, but the thought process, the flow charts are very similar. So, and that's where you got to be open-minded. And any, in my mind, all of the previous interests that I had from electronics to architecture to auto mechanics has actually helped me as a physician, be a better diagnostician because I tend to keep an open mind and, you know, I've, I've worked with various systems. So it, it might come laughable at some of my colleagues, but this really does help me throughout my day. And so when you bring in this idea of like looking at multiple different fields and by putting them together, do you believe that you've sacrificed your passion for something else or do you believe you've merely blended the two? No, I, I don't think I've made any sacrifices. I, I, I really enjoy what I do now. And I, I do my auto mechanics as my hobby, which is also a kind of meditation for me. Um, and I don't mind if today I was an auto mechanic, I would try to be a good auto mechanic. As a physician, every day I try to better myself. Uh, so I don't think it's a sacrifice. It's just that you evolve and mature in what you're doing and try to make yourself better at that. Do you believe that there will be ever a point where you're satisfied or do you believe you're going to be ever evolving or ever improving? This has been a question that I got actually asked a lot during my US internship interviews. Everybody looked down at me and told me you've already worked for six years on your own. How are you going to be an intern again? And my question to the interviewers were, well, have you stopped learning? Because that would be a sad day if we stopped learning. I think in any field you go work, the field is progressing. If you stop progressing with your field, 
then you're not doing your job right. So I think, no, I've never stopped. I'm not going to stop. The day that I stop learning, I think, is the day that I stop practicing altogether. So you believe in just constantly learning all that there is? Constantly learning, and I've not actually, I try not to limit my learning to my field of specialty. I still learn broadly from medicine because they still do have applications to my field. If a surgical patient comes to my ICU, I call the surgeon up and I ask about the surgical technique used and what, that, what went on during the surgery because that would help me take better care of that patient that day. So you've kind of blended all of the types of practice together to make yours more beneficial. That's what I'm trying to do, right? Do you believe that whatever field uh, a person should go into should be merely based on, as you said, you were talking about um, following your heart or maybe a pro con list or maybe like of practicality issues or what do you believe people should base their decisions on? I think it's a broad spectrum. If, if, if you want to go to a field that requires certain physical characteristics that you don't have, then maybe that field is not for you as much as you like it or you think you like it. If, if there is a work demand from a certain field that you don't think you want to have that kind of commitment in your life, I think that field is not for you. And there are also, you know, as much as I tell everybody to go to the fields that they like, there are financial considerations too. you got to still be able to make a living. So um, certain fields uh, limit you as far as income. So I, I still factor that in. It's very low on the list. You still got to like what you do, but I still think you got to find something you like to do that you will also be able to support yourself and improve yourself in that field. Um, and you've had many, like I guess I could call them disruptions in your life. Right. Stuff that maybe like put things out of path. What would be ways that you maybe got, if someone were to be going through these type of disruptions, what advice would you give to have them overcome them? They're all learning experiences. They, they are all make you suffer uh, and more cold tempers. You learn from them and you got to learn from them and move on. Uh, these are going to happen in anybody's life. Uh, there are different variations for me was uh, revolution, war, missile attacks, and my friends dying in war. For someone else, it might be something completely different. But they're still, at the moment when they're happening, they're major stressors to your life, and they change your life. But you, you have to have the ability to look at those, learn from them, and move on from them a better person. So you believe that you should learn then from these uh, events? You don't have any other choices. You, 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 if, if you're subjected to a revolution, war, or let's say, sadly, your closest friend is lost either to medical or other reasons, you, you, you're still alive. You have to live on. So if you don't learn from that experience and you don't make yourself a better person, you're wasting that experience. So you believe in the mentality of just taking every opportunity you can and just keeping trying to improving yourself. Right. Just consistently uh, progressing, I guess would be a word. Yes, I'm working hard on it. Very nice. Okay, well, it's been fantastic talking to you. I really believe everyone has a good idea of your story.
And yeah, thank you very much for coming out to the show. Thanks for having me.